0: Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast.
1: I'll never be here, to I
0: to to the you can follow the Comic Book Characters podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Neil before pod. We're also on Twitter at Twitter handle cbcharacters and you can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com Hey guys, this is Ig, the president and CEO of Snark Industries, and you're listening to Comic Book Characters. This week, we talk about a comic book legend finally getting his due for creating Batman, and we share our thoughts on our favorite actress to ever play Catwoman. We'll also talk about a big writer get for Marvel Comics, Matt Damon's thoughts on Daredevil and Batman, as well as the diss of the week, courtesy of Winter Soldier. Welcome to a new episode of Comic Book Characters. I can't believe what you're telling me is true. Let's do it.
1: Hey everyone out there in the CBCU, it's your friendly neighborhood podcaster Alfred here. And as always, I've got my enigmatic co-host... The president and CEO of Snark Industries, the Invincible Invisible, Ignacio. How are you doing, sir? Oh hey hey
0: hey guys. So I was just trying to balance the energy that came out of you there to start off yeah. the show. Well, that I was come incredible. Out,
1: I <laughs> come out like a rocket and then, but I'm like the with uh, the Challenger or whatever, which is the one that exploded. Oh, before, dude, uh, we're not even a dark? minute in,
0: and you're going <laughs> to talk about that?
1: Wow. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry
0: uh, everyone. no dude, I'm 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 glad to be here. Um we're recording on a Friday. Had yeah. A long day might, and uh, ready might to be our uh, new uh, might, yeah, might, might be our new thing. Might, I don't know. We're we're, we're kind of feeling things out. But uh, Although
1: I don't know, dude, you you seem to have had a rough, <laughs> rough day today.
0: It wasn't uh, rough. It was just one of those days where it's like I planned on leaving early and it just seemed mm-hmm. like everything every time I was like about to leave, something something new came up where I had to right. deal with. So I just couldn't get out of the office. But I finally Damn. I'm here. I'm ready
1: to go. Good, good, good. I'm glad. Uh, we're all glad you're here. Uh, let me be the first to say. And, you uh,
0: and your room full of mannequins? Dolls? <clears throat> no, the was out there in the CBCU. I didn't realize yeah, you could course. speak for them. But. Um,
1: well, I did, so I guess I can. Um, yeah, man, uh, you know, this is going to be kind of an interesting week, because as you know, we're kind of in the doldrums of the superhero season. Yeah, uh, summer's over. Not summer. a whole lot going on. I mean, we got the next superhero film to come out. is going to be uh, Deadpool. I'm pretty excited about year. you
0: know in the comic book world with Iron Man coming out mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with the new st- series starting off at number one. I am pretty psyched about that. I gotta say,
1: I am too. And once that comes out, we'll start doing a little. I think uh, we're going to do a review uh, on the pod yeah. of, the, of the issues. So that'll be really cool. Uh, we're going to be doing what Invincible Iron Man, and then uh, we should the probably Spider-Man. do a Spider Man, yeah. and maybe
0: we'll do a third one. Maybe we'll let our yeah. listeners pick.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm wondering if there's a good DC book out there for us to read. Uh, you know, I read stuff here and there. Like the new Batgirl is pretty good, but you know, I'm not. I, I don't read a lot of comics. There's too many out there. They keep rebooting everything, so it's hard to keep track. Right. So yeah, listeners, if you guys want to chime in on the comments on the Facebook, on the Twitter, on the G- on the Gmail, uh, let us know what you think we should do. We're definitely doing an Iron Man. We're definitely doing one of the Spider Man. I think we're gonna do Miles. Probably yeah. that'll be a more interesting one to do. I have but, a feeling
0: uh, uh, Deadpool is going to be the recommendation, but okay.
1: <laughs> but hey, that's not bad. I mean, yeah. I don't is Brian Posehn still writing it? I don't know, but uh, but yeah. So what we're going to be doing this week is uh, there's some pretty uh, a couple of really big news things in terms of uh, creator credit, and then a new uh, writer coming up on the Marvel scene that's going to be huge, I think, and, and we'll touch on that. But the first thing, I, uh. I wanted to start off with, uh, it's going to be uh, Batman Day, I think is actually tomorrow. And I'm not sure why they designated September 26th as Batman Day. It's either the 26th or the 27th. That's Batman Day for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's just a marketing thing. I mean, it's just like a reason to, to promote Batman and, and push out more Batman merchandise for people to buy makes sense but but it idea. is kind of it is kind of fitting because some really monumental i mean seriously i'm being serious for a moment here monumental uh news came out that co-creator of batman longtime co-creator of batman bill finger is finally going to start getting the credit that he deserves uh he's basically the jack kirby of dc comics and uh i'll explain what that is uh, what i mean by that in the, He's the he's actually the writer. He was the writer on Detective Comics 27, so first appearance of Batman. He was the writer on Batman number 1. Okay. Right. And and he's the one that came up with the Batmobile, Batcave, the the name for Gotham City, Gotham City. Uh he 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 basically created the Joker and Catwoman. And you know like there's a lot of iconic imagery within the Batcave. Um, so there's like a giant penny. Uh, usually they associate that with two face and then there's a giant Tyrannosaurus Rex. I don't know where that comes from to be (laughs) honest, but he also created Clayface, And then even outside of the Batman mythos and universe, he created Lana Lang for Superman. Wow. Uh, who was very famously, I believe in Superman three, the movie with Richard Pryor. Right. That's, that's like his new love interest sort of, um, but yeah, kind of a big deal. Uh, so so basically what's happened is all of these years, last 70-odd 70, 70 years, Bob Kane has pretty much gotten sole credit for Batman. Now, he was the artist on Batman, and he certainly co-created the character, but he was always getting sole credit. Well, Bill Finger's family over the years has been in litigation with DC Comics and Warner Brothers and I don't know who else. And so they actually settled the case, and Bill Finger's actually finally going to get credit on all projects moving forward so now when you see a batman movie uh you know read a batman comic see batman on television whatever it's going to see created by bob Kane and bill finger
0: good that's great man great news (laughs) why is that funny why are you laughing
1: no because i just i just think it would have been funny if you would have just really
0: healed it up and been like who the hell's bill finger you know what i'm giving him
1: the finger yeah i don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) we all know it's the artists who should be given the credit no just kidding um (laughs) That's awesome, man. I mean, it's kind of sucks that it took this long to figure this out. Years. And I guess what sucks even more is like, and then again, maybe this is my f- my fault and that I wasn't really all that aware of this guy. But like, mm-hmm. couldn't we have just talked about him more as being involved with this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. why wasn't it? Why wasn't it just more in kind of like social conversation? Then again, it's not like I talked about um, Bob Kane. Is it Bob? It's Bob, right? Yeah, Bob Kane. Uh, yeah, Bob Kane. It's not like I talked about Bob Kane much, but like. I don't know. It just kind of blows that the guy didn't really get as much credit as he deserves, but well deserved. And I, I didn't, you know, it's it's cool that like all this is, is coming out now. We can actually, um you know, point to a lot of the things that he created, and like you really realize that this guy was the. I mean, without him, we wouldn't have Batman.
1: Yeah, because uh, and actually, I read a little a little story about it. So so Bob Kane initially came up with the name batman right the artist and but the way he drew the first version of batman was basically like the shadow he was wearing like a tuxedo he had a red cape uh the tuxedo was blue no no i'm sorry the tuxedo was red and the cape was blue and he was wearing like a little domino mask so like a little uh like mask of zorro mask Oh, wow. Looked nothing like Batman. I mean, no, nothing I think like a, the Batman he, that we know, right? Yeah, nothing like the Batman we know. He, I think he had a fedora hat. I mean, he just, <laughs> he, he had blonde hair. Um, I mean, he just looked nothing like the Batman that we know. Um, it wasn't until Bill Finger got on it and they started, you know, talking back and forth and there was collaborative effort there, but they made all the changes. They decided to go dark and and, and we got the Batman that, that is so widely popular. Yeah. Um, amongst the fans all across the world but anyway just wanted to give a shout out to bullfinger actually we meant to touch on this uh on the last pod but it uh you know we're talking about it now so there you go and at the beginning so yeah it's the the headline the header now kind of as an offshoot to that um so one of our newest uh listeners of the podcast uh one of our fans uh recently contacted us and said she wanted to see more Catwoman or to have Catwoman featured on a pod and you know what people might think you know (laughs) we're too big for for personal requests but honestly no if it's comic book related it's not yeah no we are we are happy to oblige and we want to be here for the fans
0: so we've got a Catwoman segment coming up how do you feel about that I'm excited about this Catwoman segment I can't you know, guarantee it's going to be a very long Catwoman sex- segment. No, but right. it's going to be a Catwoman segment, which honestly we were not planning on having a Catwoman segment. But because right. this person wrote us a personal message asking for a Catwoman, that that's yeah. why we're doing this. So yeah, this is for you. We aim to
1: please. Yep, uh, we, yeah, we, Bar- we aim to Barbara? please. I-
0: Barbara, Barbara Bennett. Yep, Barbara, Barbara Bennett, Bennett. This is for you. I hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> the 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 best thing about this is we're we're going to talk about Catwoman, then she's going to be like you pigs, like, you don't know anything about Catwoman. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going <laughs> to yeah. happen. But yeah. anyway. I'm, let's... Sure, I'm
1: sure it's going to blow up in our face. Yeah. Um, well, and then the problem, the reason it's going to blow up in our face is because we're going to, we're basically just going to talk about how hot we think, like, <laughs> Julie Newmar or, or, or well, Anne
0: Hathaway is the whole time. I mean, let's be uh, honest. I mean, a cat, at least for the longest time, Catwoman's appeal was that she was, like, I mean, she obviously was a cool character, but like the way that they sold her on the TV shows was like very sexual, as very sexual character, and even mm-hmm. yeah. even going into the movies, um, definitely so. uh, one of
1: the most sexualized characters. And you know, it's kind of funny because a, a lot of feminists now look at uh, the Michelle Pfeiffer version of Catwoman in Batman Returns, Tim Burton's Batman Returns, and they point to that character as a very pro-feminist. Um, sort of model, yeah. You know, I can see and, that. Uh, it's really interesting. It's just, it's just interesting how that character can get subverted in certain ways from whatever the original intention was. But yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Catwoman real quick. Uh, her, her alter ego or alias is Selina Kyle, of course. She was first appeared in uh, Batman number no. one, again written by Bill Finger and drawn by Bob Kane uh, in nineteen forty. She was actually introduced as the Cat, not Catwoman, but hmm. the Cat. Um, here's a little bit of, I did some research here and she was actually inspired by two people. The first person is actress Jean Harlow, who was a oh, pretty cool. famous actress around that time, right? This is Catwoman and the character uh, was yeah. inspired,
0: right? Correct. Or, correct. Like, and you know
1: when they created yeah. the
0: character, they, they created her after, is that what you're
1: saying? They create, so, so Bob Kane. Okay. I got it. Artistic influence for Catwoman was based off of Gene Harlow and one other person. Got it. Which is the second person is his cousin, a woman by the name of Ruth Steele, which totally sounds like a comic you know, like an actress yeah. name or a comic book character's name, yeah, for sure. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, a lot of artists nowadays. I got to talk to Brian Brian, sorry, David Finch. Uh, not that long ago, who's an artist on Batman, and he he actually said that he likes to think of real people and real celebrities to when he's drawing some of his characters. Uh, it looks like that's a thing that artists have been doing for decades. Yeah. Um, but uh, so so beyond her early comic book appearances, um, she had a pretty good run from the for early forties, mid forties, and early fifties. But then you know there was that whole seduction of the innocent scandal where. You know, this guy, uh, what's his name? Dr. Whitman, Waltman? The, the crazy psychiatrist that got all the uh, Americans in the 50s to to burn all their comic <laughs> books and stuff. Uh, anyway, terrible human being, whatever. Uh, he He helped create the comics, or he helped sort of set the stage for what was the Comic Code Authority. Once that got put in place, like because of the kind of sexualized nature of Catwoman, she pretty much disappeared for about 15 years. And it wasn't until the 1966 Batman TV show starting Adam West and Burt Ward that she really came to the forefront again, and expertly, expertly so to me, by Miss Julie Newmar. Yeah. Uh, So I think you and I have actually touched on this before. Maybe we were talking about Batgirl uh, before, but, but Julie Newmar's version of Catwoman is fantastic the costume is great uh the her hair the color of her hair just the way they did
0: her makeup yeah uh the meowing you know, was on point the meowing
1: yeah you, you know how all the hipsters are like saying they go like i want it right meow yeah like they say meow instead of now she started that <laughs> that was julie Newmar.
0: but see that back in the 60s she used that, to do that fits in perfectly with hipsters because they just take everything that was cool at some point and then just reappropriate it and try to make it cool now or right. or they do it in an ironic way. I don't know, it's hard to tell sometimes. But um, it's, it's hard to tell. She she was a great catwoman and actually I remember, mm-hmm. you know, young Ig was actually quite um quite drawn to this cat. Enamored. Woman. Yeah, quite enamored. Um just, blame him. Yeah, seriously. I mean I love that show, pretty much. All, it's know, great, man. It's entire, I, I got I actually got my dad the uh
1: the full box set for like the whole series on Blu ray. And by the way, they did like a beautiful job remastering it and it just looks great. So you can see Blu-ray all the sets now, like really clearly. Yeah. I mean, you would think it would make it look cheap, but it doesn't. It just makes it look, it like pops. It's like a, it's literally like watching a comic book come to life. It's so colorful. Yeah. It, yeah. It really, it really is. is That's Now the writing and everything is really campy of course. And, and you know, but, but in terms of like the set design and just how the show looks, it, it looks beautiful on that Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, Julie Newmar was great. Um, uh, it was kind of funny because with Catwoman on the show, uh, she was also Catwoman was played by Lee Merriweather, uh, who I'm honestly not that familiar with. When you, if you see her, she kind of looks like they just tried to make a Julie Newmar clone, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Uh, but but the really funny or the really fun kind of cool thing is they then for the third version of Catwoman went totally in the opposite direction, and they got Eartha Kid. And Eartha Kitt's look as Catwoman is very distinctive. It's very, very different. Um, kind of revolutionary at the time, I would argue. And here's another little fun fact. Eartha Kitt is actually the woman who sung uh, the Santa Baby song in the like in the 60s <laughs> this is you the you hear during <laughs> Christmas all this the time. This the weirdest podcast so far.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, <do>, right? <laughs> Where are we going here?
1: Oh, where are we going? Uh, okay, so <laughs> but, then
0: after the Batman, uh, so just oh, a I last, didn't realize kid. you were doing the entire timeline of Catwoman. No, but I mean, might as well keep going. Well, yeah, we're we're just going almost there. Anyway, we're almost to the stuff. end of the Catwoman yeah. timeline. <laughs> but,
1: but, but I mean, I don't know where you stand in the camp. I'm a big Julie Newmar fan. I think she was my favorite. Yeah, I
0: can't. You know what? I don't remember Eartha Kitt as Catwoman that well. Actually, I guess I I must have just not watched those episodes growing up. But I I actually right. don't remember it. Like it, I, I saw like I looked up some photos before we started, and I it didn't mm-hmm. even like look that familiar to me. So I guess I just yeah, missed just, that entire era. It's just filed not found. Filed not head. found. Oh. But hey, yeah. cool, cool that they that they got her and and like that they went that different with the casting. Uh, yeah, talked it's very about, different. You know, being being progressive for that time, very progressive, so. man. If the
1: internet existed around then, oh, I don't Jesus. even want to know what it would have been like. Just would have been a, a flame down. Uh, so then we get into the movies, and and uh, we I just you know we mentioned this earlier, but Michelle Pfeiffer very famously played Catwoman in Batman and Batman Returns, killed it, nailed it. That costume is amazing. The the her portrayal of the character is amazing.
0: They, they gave her a real character arc too. Yeah. I mean, and like she wasn't, she you know she had her own storyline. So like mm-hmm. that that aspect of it was really cool. Um, it wasn't just this character who just showed up whenever the hero did. Um, she had her own her own arc and her own storyline. Uh, the movie was almost just as much about her as it was about Penguin or Batman. I would argue, definitely, that it is more about her than
1: Penguin. Yeah, that's um, true. And, and maybe put her on equal footing, if not slightly more so than Batman, because right. she's a totally new character, whereas we had gotten Batman in the previous movie. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. Um, yeah, me too. That one. That one's probably my favorite portrayal. Uh, we and then... then go into, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. So... I'll be honest, I have not seen this movie, but I almost feel like maybe you and I should see it and do like a commentary. Wait, for hold on. It. Are we talking about the Harley Berry well, Catwoman?
0: Yeah. You have not seen Halle Berry's Catwoman? I have not seen that Halle Berry Catwoman. Come on, dude. I mean, yes, it's terrible, but you you have to. You have to sit through these movies. That's just part of being a nerd.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've saw a clip. I don't I think it's from this movie. She plays basketball. I think yes against does. somebody in the movie, but she's basically like getting humped by the guy while they're <laughs> playing. It's such a weird scene. And it's also shot like an early 1990s hip hop music video where like the camera keeps zooming in and out. It's get like, weird angles. It's there's, if that's there's from the a movie, really weird it's, backstory that I don't
0: remember, scary, but I think it? it has something to do with like cats and, like, just, well, it definitely has to do with cats, but, like, <laughs> hey, really? something to do with, like, I don't know, some kind of, like, Egyptian, um, mm. like, I don't like, there's some kind of, like, they try and, like, this, explain, like, these cats that have these, like, certain powers, and, like, I think one of them, like, gets into, into Halle Berry's body somehow and, like, overtakes her, and she's, like, this egyptian warrior or something I, I might be getting this totally wrong but wow. i remember this the storyline was was really out there trying to explain it it made no sense and i might be getting it totally wrong but i'm not i, I don't even want to look <coughs> it up because i don't really
1: yeah. care yeah it's okay but whatever um so okay well i guess i need to see it i'll go ahead and see it eventually uh, it's definitely
0: worth watching just to like make fun of that's what yeah I mean. just have a frame of reference
1: um then we get Uh, the Anne Hathaway Catwoman, uh, which was in, uh, the, the last Christopher Nolan Dark Knight Rises. And I remember when they announced Anne Hathaway, um, who was writing a pretty hot streak at that point as an actress. And they, everyone was like, oh, that's a pretty good get in terms of like acting ability. But then like a lot of nerds and fans were just like, no, she can't play Catwoman, but I actually thought she did a really good job. I didn't.
0: I, then didn't again, like I'm not a big Hannah Hathaway fan. I just don't think that she's got enough personality to pull off a character like that. I think especially if you compare her to Michelle Pfeiffer, like it's, to me it's yeah. Night's nice yeah. Day. And then again, you you know, she had a very different role, a mm-hmm. different character, but I don't think she really brought much to the table. I, I, I thought that, that <laughs> persona and that character was just really vanilla in that movie sorry
1: i i no that's good i'm glad you have a differing opinion i wouldn't say i didn't think it was so vanilla but i would definitely agree that it was sort of subservient to bane and batman right and and yeah when you compare and contrast it to michelle pfeiffer catwoman
0: night and day like you said um but michelle pfeiffer had this this range that she brought to that character There was like a uh, like a you know this kind of like Shy, kind of quiet, keep to yourself kind of person, and then like this, like crazed madness in her eyes. Like, it oh was, yeah, it was just so much there, and like Anne Hathaway's to me was just very one note. I don't know, very didn't, flat, didn't very flat and one yeah. note.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I liked it. I think it fits with with the way that those films work, right? But at the same time, I don't
0: think it features her in any way. And it's kind of hard. To, um, it's kind of hard to. To compare right because it's like right the, the real comparison would be to like have Anne Hathaway basically remake that movie as Catwoman just doing the Michelle Pfeiffer role and then you with could that kind of character see them, you know right. head-to-head and kind of see who does it better I still think Michelle Pfeiffer would win in that way in that role so um, but yeah. you know e- even even with what she was given I just wasn't all that impressed I'm, I'm also just not a big Anne Hathaway fan so maybe that's, that's cool one. that's cool man you just keep hit, keep hating on Hathaway that's, I, uh, that's what I you do, do.
1: Uh, so okay, I mean, so that's really uh, uh, is in terms of Catwoman. There haven't been any rumors or anything. I know, you know, we're looking at maybe a Ben Affleck directed and starring Batman film, solo film. Uh, there have been no mention of Catwoman in the new DC C, CU, I guess <laughs> DC, DC Comics Cinematic Universe. Uh,
0: you gotta think she's gonna there... make an appearance though. With all of with DC kind of trying to do, you know, a little bit trying to do something similar to what marvel did Mm -hmm. you know you got to imagine they're going to keep bringing in more and more characters to kind of build up that universe and she's she's one of the biggest names that that hasn't showed up in this new kind of iteration of it
1: definitely and not only that with their with their sort of mantra of trying to be very diverse see suicide squad um (laughs) having another prominent female character is probably not a bad idea uh but but that being said um so, taking all of the Catwomen into consideration, my again, my favorite is actually I'm going to go with Michelle Pfeiffer, and then Julie Newmar, a very close second. Uh, are you, I'm the same. Thoughts? I'm exactly okay. the same. Yeah, those uh, are. Th- I mean, they they stand out, and uh, and they're very both. They're both very very different, uh, which just shows you the range of that character, you know, and what you can do with it.
0: So it'll be cool to see what the DCCU does uh, moving forward. Hopefully they do something cool. Um, Props to, like, I don't, you know, like, I feel like going into a lot of those Batman movies, like, I remember a lot of the casting just got a lot of a lot of flack. Like, people really didn't like, um, uh, what's-his-face is Bruce Keaton. Wayne. Um, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah. Um, killed I, it, by the way. Killed it. I remember thinking, like, Michelle Pfeiffer, like, she's not going to be a good Catwoman, and she was awesome. Um I don't know how people felt about Jack Nicholson as Joker going in, but I thought he was great. Um, it just seemed like uh, Tim Burton, whether he liked those movies or not, had a real vision, and he, he seemed to get a lot out of those actors. So, anyway. Yeah. Total yeah, those, tangent, those, but...
1: No, it's okay. Those films are so stylized, and oh, they're beautiful. They're so beautifully done. And, you know, a lot of people hate on Tim Burton now, and, and he's maybe gone to the well a few too many times, and, you know, I don't... I can't think of anything super spectacular that he's done within the last 10 years or so, but, but those two first Batman films, uh, especially visually in terms of the vision that he had, it's are really very unique. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I think those movies are probably not gonna age as well as other films, but definitely in, Mm -hmm. in the moment when they came out, they were, I I mean, I would almost say revolutionary. They were really, really different from anything I had seen. And as a kid or as a, geez, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It must've been like a teenager or, Maybe not quite, but no, you're you probably away, like a tween. Yeah, yeah. as a kid, tween. Um,
1: I remember being in line for a couple of hours because that was just before they they really were showing movies on multiple screens and stuff, and you really you had to just wait in line. And, yeah, you know that. There's actually a really great documentary on how kind of Batman the first Batman they call it Batman '89, uh, sort of created the modern Hollywood blockbuster and and how the those hollywood tent tentpole films work now but anyway that's that's a whole another thing we can probably go into at some point we need to do a whole batman retrospective probably at some point uh it's so steeped in film history uh with all the different batman movies that have been made let's go to something in the marvel camp now which i'll be honest i don't know a whole lot about but the more i'm reading about it the more i get into it the more i do research i am getting really excited about this maybe this will be the third book we do oh yeah
0: that'd be great actually i think it comes out next year but
1: okay yeah i think it, you're right in january or february of next year but the the, the marvel announced they're going to do a new black panther series and uh but the really cool thing is the writer they're getting for it is a guy by the name of tanahashi Coates. And I, I'm fairly certain that's how you pronounce his name, and I apologize if I'm getting that wrong. I do tend to get names wrong a lot, but it's Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, who's a writer uh, for The Atlantic. Uh, he wrote for The New York Times, Washington Post. He's written for Time Magazine. Uh, he's a legit writer-journalist who specializes in kind of race history, race relations, yeah. reparations, all of that stuff, doing Black Panther
0: which is the, most I mean, iconic the best black superhero really that's out there right
1: right which is like the character like if you're going to get that writer that is the character out of probably any comic book universe whether it's marvel dc image Valiant, whatever that you could put together you know um he also did uh this is again uh tana uh did a, a new york times bestseller book by the name of between the world and me uh which i haven't had a chance to read yet but I read some reviews on it and whatnot, and they're stellar. Yeah. Um, the artist, by the way, is Brian Stillfreeze, who I'm not familiar with, but... Um, He's got, like, a superhero you know.
0: name, pretty
1: much. <laughs> he does. Or a
0: villain, I guess I should say.
1: He does sound like a villain, yeah. right?
0: Like Stillfreeze. Anyway. You
1: better stop right there. You're in the grasp of Stillfreeze. <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> So Black Panther, for those that don't know, his first appearance was in Fantastic Four fifty issue fifty two, um,
0: which I believe was a Stanley Jack Kirby done issue. Yeah, by the way, I just found this out recently. The Black Panther first appearance actually happened before the founding of the actual Black Panther Party. Did you know that? I thought it was no, the other I way didn't. around. The, no, apparently, I didn't. the character was came out before. That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't really. go comic books. <laughs> I know, right? That's so cool. I didn't know that.
1: That's awesome. Here's the other weird thing, you know, Marvel's going to be doing Marvel. uh, Marvel Studios is going to be doing a Black Panther film uh, in the next few years, and he's very famously going to make his first appearance in the Civil War, uh, Captain America: Three Civil War movie. He's actually first appearance is Fantastic Four. So you would think that Fox would have the rights to that character, right? Because they have all the Fantastic Four rights, but somehow Marvel was able to negotiate. Because Black Panther is such an iconic character unto himself in the Marvel Universe, he's not really a part of the Fantastic Four property. He's not, you know what I mean? Like, he's not yeah. Silver Surfer. He's not disconnected. So they were actually able to kind of pry him away, much like uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. And we're going to get him in the Marvel uh, MCU. That's pretty cool. But going back to this comic, um, I just, the more I keep reading about it, it sounds like they're really going to try something very different. I
0: thought they really hadn't come out with with much details about the comic. Where,
1: All I've I've seen there's a, a an editor in chief at Marvel. Uh, his name is Alon's no, Alonzo Alex. Oh, I'm getting the name. I'm going to commit the name wrong. I don't even want to. I don't want to stick my name to that name. It's it's Axel something. Alonzo Axel, I think, is his name. Um. But he he basically said that, like, what they're going to do with this comic is just going to be very different. He said that he didn't want to quite say that it was groundbreaking (laughs) Mm because, you know, you throw those kind of words around and people get all up in an uproar. But he said that it was going to be very different from anything they've tried to do previously. Um, That's interesting. Which, I mean, just just thinking off the top of my head, I don't know of any serious journalist – that have taken on a comic book to write it and, like, as an ongoing series. Right. So, I mean, uh, you know, listeners out there, if you guys know of anything, please, you know, feel free to throw it in the comments, but, I, you know,
0: I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. Um, any thoughts? Any Yeah. Um, thoughts on well, one, one thing I thought of was, like, well, f- first of all, um, Coates is, like, a big comic book nerd, apparently, so it wasn't yeah. too hard to get him to want to wanna do this. Um, right. But I... I kind of wonder what what effect this might have on the Black Panther movie because I, I don't. I mean, I don't know what stage that's in. I know the last time we heard of it, um, you know, director Daveverne decided that to walk away from it, and it makes me wonder, like, if if this series really is, you know, I, and may, maybe the timing doesn't really work out. But if it if it ends up being like a really great series and gets well received, like if they could somehow make almost like transition that storyline into into the into movie. The movie
1: um, maybe get DuVernay back. Maybe you know? get DuVernay maybe... back.
0: It seems like you know the reason that she got out of it was that she felt like she couldn't make the movie that she wanted to. I can't imagine right. that Coates is going to sign on to do you know a, a, a Black Panther. I mean, why would you even sign a, this guy a, a to some capers? Yeah, right, to, like to then like you know, um, not allow him to do what he wants, basically, or like you know his vision. So I, I don't know. I it, it seems it seems cool. I hope that he gets the freedom to do what he wants and, yeah. and maybe. He can kind of reinvent this character and maybe we'll see this form of this character in the movies. But now that I'm saying that, I realize that he's also going to be in civil war. So who knows, right? Maybe the timing doesn't work out. Uh, Yeah, but well, that's a very good point. And the other thing
1: is, it seems like with the Marvel comics that the creators and artists and writers have a little more leeway in terms of what they want to do with the characters. But as we know in the movies, like the directors are really constricted uh, in terms of, of directing these films, plotting them out. You know, I was just thinking another director, if, if DeVerne doesn't end up coming back to it, what about F. Gary Gray, uh, who directed straight out of Compton? Have you have you had an opportunity to see that? No, yeah, no,
0: I I want to though. It's yeah.
1: Really good. It's really good. Um, I did have a chance to see it. It's very long and the third act is seems almost like it's directed by a different person. Um, just from its like tone and the the way it paces. But it's still very good, and and the first hour and a half for sure are, are really spectacular. F. Gary Gray, um, you know, who also did a lot of the music videos for uh, Ice Cube, and and I think he did one for N.W.A. and uh, Tupac and whatnot. Like he did a lot of those music videos as well. So he kind of grew up in that, uh, you know, in that, I don't know what's the word universe. I guess he just grew up in that in that scene. Um, but I would like. I kind of would like having seen Straight Outta Compton. I kind of would like to see F. Gary Gray
0: do do the Black Panther film. That would be cool. Yeah. That I mean, there's obviously a lot of options out there, and you know, yeah. hopefully, we get to a, a place at some point where it's like, you know, you, you don't necessarily just have to have the the black directors, and black the black, the black, black writers film. just for the black movies, right? But like, that's true. Um, you know, Marvel actually got on, uh, quite a bit of a flack very recently, in like last month, and has still gotten a, a lot of bad. Um, you know, criticism for the fact that even though the the roster of their characters is becoming more diverse, the actual people putting together these comics is still predominantly white straight guys. Um, right, white so right. straight males. This, right. You know, this this does seem like a response. You know, for them to go out, not only get you know a black writer, but one of the most well regarded out there. So um, at least they're listening and doing something about it. Hopefully, it it, this, it results in 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 more change, but. Um, but yeah, I mean they've they've gotten some bad publicity. I think people a lot of people point to the uh, the Blade series as like one where like you got you know an African American superhero and his daughter, and it's written by written in pencil by two white guys, you know. And it's like yeah, it's not that you can't do that. Like The Wire is one of my favorite shows ever, and it's written by two white guys, uh, and it's mostly about you know black people in in Baltimore. Um, but right. you know it's just you want to see more diversity there, so you know good for marvel for at least acknowledging this and going out and, and trying to
1: and really that. getting a voice though i mean like it's almost like they threw a fit and were like okay you're going to give a shit fine look who we got like <laughs> shut up we got <laughs> we got coats shut the hell up like you couldn't you couldn't get like a more respected voice in that in that kind of
0: segment but yeah all um, of a sudden like if you're putting you know your list together of comics that you want to you know your your priority list of what you want to read to me, that's that's going right up to the top. I mean, I think everyone's going to be interested to see what what, what comes At out of that. At
1: least for so. the first six
0: issues. Oh yeah, like, right. Everyone's going to want to give it a, a try and see and see what that's they come amazing. up with.
1: Which I mean, to be honest, when you say the words Black Panther and comic book, pe- that doesn't move the needle no. for most people. Right. It never has uh, for the most part. But now, now it's it's this thing. So that's cool. Good job, Marvel. Um, all right, man. Are you ready to take a take a drive? Oh yeah, are sure. ready? where are we going? I, uh, we're going to a little place that I love to visit. I know you're a fan. They have really good pie. <laughs> let's take a let's take a stroll down to Casting Corner. Oh
0: my god, my favorite. Yes, let's do it. Um, uh, the best corner in the universe, Casting Corner. <laughs> <laughs> that was that, corner. that was the worst tagline of all time. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest corner of oh, all time. Oh man. Um uh, Casting corner. So, by the way, this week's edition of Casting Corner is Uh the speculation, (laughs) uh, speculation non-casting casting Casting corner because none of this is actual casting news. It's just like people potentially being cast as. But but a a little
1: bit of buzz, a little, and you know, some kind of big names out there. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and I I know you know what we're gonna do on the rundown, but I want you to decide where we go first. So.
0: Let's, you well, with? you know what? Let's start off with this Matt Damon news. Uh, okay. Because he came out this week and said that he he would be in a Daredevil movie if it was directed by Christopher Nolan. Am I getting this right? Is that what he said? Yeah. Um, yeah. First of all, what even prompted this? This seems like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, I, I why, completely agree. Like, why I, I Daredevil? Don't know. Why Christopher Nolan, who's known for making <laughs> DC movies, first of all? Not that you, there can't right. be a crossover, but just seems strange. Um, right. I guess because Daredevil does have some Batman parallels. Uh, mm-hmm. But also the timing's weird because there's a Netflix series that's really good and did really well from mm-hmm. what I hear. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was number very one popular. show on Netflix. Number one yep. show on Netflix. Uh, it just seems strange. I don't know. It just seemed to come out of nowhere. And then, yeah, and then you obviously you know, have it, the connection with Affleck. You know, who's been Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. There's so many like interesting directions that this could go in. I almost um, feel like this was like a late night, like three in the morning. Both of them like, drunk, like
1: yeah he was drunk you know yeah. what
0: i bet you i bet you i can make a daredevil movie and i can make more money than your piece of shit movie and i bet i bet that's what it was like damon talking to affleck yeah like yeah damon oh i'm sorry yeah i should have set that up better damon yeah. and affleck probably yeah. in a basement somewhere three in the morning probably have yeah uh, probably in a bar in boston somewhere probably in some nah. bar uh, uh,
1: They're probably probably in la somewhere though yeah but yeah, I don't know. This this really seemed like it came out of nowhere. It's yeah, it really does. Um, and to be honest, I tried to kind of track down where this came from or why, and I couldn't find a whole lot. But I just like the possibility. Let's talk about the possibility for a moment. Um, so I'm a huge fan. You and I are both huge fans of the Daredevil Netflix series. Charlie Cox I think does an amazing job uh, as as uh, Matt Murdock. Uh, Matt Murdoch and, and Daredevil, but. That, that, that aside, um, you know, it, this brings up a lot of interesting questions. Like I get why he wants Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan is a fantastic director. He's already proven himself with the Batman franchise. Um, but the interesting thing there is like, you know, Christopher Nolan and Warner Brothers are buds, I know. Right. <laughs> uh, like, would Nolan be straining that relationship if he went over to Marvel Studios and was like, "Okay, guys, yeah, I'll I'll direct
0: a Daredevil film if if Matt Damon's in it." But also, like, I feel like if you're gonna if you're putting you know time and money and 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 resources into into building up this Daredevil franchise on Netflix, mm-hmm. like wouldn't mm-hmm. the obvious movie be just a transition from that? Like, why right. wouldn't you just use the same? actors the same cast do, yeah i mean that's that's how it's always kind of historically been done right but it, that to me seems yeah. really strange that you would have a daredevil show you know still somewhat in production while you make a daredevil movie and you have completely different actors i, I just i can't imagine that that happened
1: it's a little it'd be a little confusing for some people i mean i don't it's know like, how i many, already got like, to deal
0: with two quicksilvers well now only one <laughs> but uh, you didn't see that coming <laughs> Like I don't know if I can handle two daredevils at the same time. That seems that right. seems much. That seems a little that
1: too seems, much. That seems much. No, that seems much. I like that. Um, <laughs> but you're right. Uh, here's here's honestly what I think this is all about. To be honest, we've got uh, the Ridley Scott directed, starring Matt Damon, The Martian coming out right, right? Uh, today. In fact, I think uh, recording on a Friday, uh, which I do plan to see. I've heard nothing but great things. Everyone says that this is the this is the return of Ridley Scott. Right. You know, just killing it on this film and Matt Damon's performance is amazing and so on. I feel like somebody got in Matt Damon's ear and was like, Look, the Martian's probably gonna do great. People are excited about it, but we all know that superheroes are the the shit right now. Like that's what gets people buzzing. Anything superhero related, everyone's eaten up. So if you could try to stir up a little superhero controversy somehow <laughs> right. to get that out in the world, and then people can talk about it and then be like, oh, wait, isn't he in that new movie, The Martian? Let's go see that. I kind of feel like that's what this is.
0: Well, I mean, did you hear the other quote that Matt Damon had about comic books recently? mm he, he was being interviewed. I guess they asked him about, like, Ben Affleck being in Batman. And Matt Damon said, Jason Bourne would kick the shit out of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it so let's
1: have a Bourne versus batman film <laughs> b versus b uh dawn of ass kicking whatever like
0: i want that film let's do that can we do that yeah let's, uh let's... He, he then said and i'm pretty sure like he's just trolling people he said yeah. i think they're kind of out of superheroes ben's going to be like the sixth or seventh batman so i don't think there's really any left so i'm good jason Bourne is my superhero <laughs> Wow! Yeah, so that makes
1: me think that all of these quotes, wherever they came from, however they came about, it, it is that it is kind of Matt Damon just winking and nodding. Yeah,
0: the fact that he's saying he would beat the shit out of Batman, and now all of a sudden he wants to be Daredevil, which Ben Affleck famously played very poorly. Uh, well, right. I, I shouldn't say that; he wasn't really his fault that that movie sucks so bad. But a little bit, yeah, a little, a little bit his fault, um, but not entirely. Anyway, I thought that was a pretty funny <laughs> bit of news. Yeah, good to So I think that's where we stand
1: on that. Um, all right, and so the second one is, it's not a lot. It's kind of interesting. So Hugh Jackman's final portrayal as Wolverine is going to be in the third Wolverine film, which, as we know, is supposedly going to be titled Wolverine, Old Man Logan, or just Old Man Logan, something of that nature, um, which I'm really excited about. I have no idea how they're going to translate that story from the comic, which is one of my favorites, to the movie, but whatever um but Hugh Jackman said of course the Wolverine character is going to continue without him um it's one of the most famous comic book characters one of the most popular of all of all time but he actually nominated on his own and is promoting Mad Max star Tom Hardy former Bane actually uh Tom Hardy as the next Wolverine now Hugh Jackman has no I don't think he has any real clout in terms of getting to decide who is gonna be the next Wolverine to, to to succeed him. But but you know, Tom Hardy is Wolverine. Ig, what are your thoughts?
0: I like it. I mean I think <clears throat> I think it definitely fits the Wolverine kinda like soft spoken, grizzled. Yeah, not a lot of words. Not a lot of words. I also think like physically he he would probably be a more he would, I think he kind of fits more what Wolverine looks like in the comics than than Hugh Jackman ever did. Wolverine was never, like, a tall guy in the comics. Yeah. He was always kind of a right. short, stocky, built dude. He's, I think he's 5'3 in the
1: comics. Yeah, he's like, supposed he's, to be really
0: short. Um, So short that was definitely stocky. a departure that nobody really cared about because no one's really yeah. given a shit about height. But, like, you know, Hugh Jackman's a really tall, big guy. Yeah. Um, Tom Hardy, I don't know how tall he is, but I think he's. I don't think he's quite as tall as Hugh Jackman. Uh, nah. I'll have, to, I'll have to confirm this, but um, I like him. I mean, I thought he was good in Mad Max. He didn't have to do a whole lot in Mad Max. Mad Max is one of those right. movies that's named after a character that's actually not even, like, really the lead when you watch it. He's him. not the protagonist. No. <laughs> no. He's not the protagonist in that film. <laughs> he's though. just kind of, like, there, like, to tell the story, but he doesn't say a whole lot. Uh, but I've always liked everything that he's done. I think he has a lot of presence, a lot of screen presence, and... I think I think he's like like a, the perfect kind of gruff, Wolverine. Like he to me seems like more of an embodiment of the of the character from the comics than Hugh Jackman. More ever. more and gruff, more Hugh dirty, Jackman, more like gritty. Hugh Jackman to me isn't you know in real life is nothing like Wolverine. Like he's
1: oh no, he's like a really affable guy that like sings on Broadway and stuff. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, like
0: <laughs> right, which is great. I mean, it shows you the range that he has, right? So he's, oh, like, yeah. he oh yeah, he did a great job. Talented. On, like, yeah. So Tom Hardy's five nine, by the way. I just looked that up, which is okay. actually shorter than i am so he's not that tall um are you taller than five nine i didn't know that i thought you were like five eight i'm like five, five eight and a half i'm like six five oh, okay
1: <laughs> i don't <laughs> know who you're trying to impress dude you're, you're uh, already married that's but, true. Uh, uh hugh jackman's uh, six two so. yeah there you go. Uh, yeah that's that's a significant difference um i think you're right uh one thing that you said that really uh, spoke to me was that you said that Tom Hardy has a lot of presence and I think that's very true in Mad Max because he doesn't have a lot of dialogue it's just a lot of his physicality and just him kind of acting through his body and then again in Batman uh, Dark Knight Rises as Bane you know he's got that mask on he sounds a little ridiculous like you can't always hear what he's saying but yet he has a lot of presence in that film yeah. again through his physical acting and whatnot and so you, I think you nailed it on the head his physicality is what counts here or his presence I'm sorry is what counts here and I, I do think um, that he would be a good Wolverine as well I'm interested in seeing what the CBCU listeners out there think uh, or who, who they might think instead of Tom Hardy would be a good get uh, but I, you know, if this were to happen, I think I'd be on board. I think that that would be pretty cool, and I'd be happy to see what how that turned out. I'd be happy with it. I
0: think it'd be a really good, a really good get for them. And I, I, I would actually be really excited about seeing a Wolverine story. I mean, I'm, I got to be honest, I'm a little fatigued with with the, uh, with the Hugh Jackman me. Wolverine. Like I don't know. Seventeen years. Seventeen, 17 years, years he's been playing. I'm Wolverine. ready for I a change. That's a long and time. I think, I think Hardy would would be an excellent choice. I, I yeah. I think. And another English guy. So. Yeah. Not, not that Hugh Jackman's <laughs> oh. English, but I just mean most like Marvel seems to be well, targeting Hugh Jackman's English Australian, actors, so they, they do they do
1: international. <laughs> yeah, actors. Uh, you know, Tom Hardy. Yeah, McClose, McClose. No, don't. God my damn it. That is Sh-shank, Bob. i got we you, We have Bob. zero
0: fans in the UK <laughs> because of that. Okay. Oh yeah,
1: we've got fans in Germany, I think, and Sweden <laughs> or Switzerland. But not the zero UK. fans in the UK. None. Negative, negative one hundred fans. So I don't Maybe know, man. Do you think
0: it. you think we're ready to leave the corner? Or?
1: Oh yeah, just uh, you know, I already picked up the pie. We got one to go. Okay. Just waving on by. Right. See you next time, See later, guys. Uh, we'll definitely we'll be back. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and uh, end the pod on a couple of little uh, there's little tidbits. There's uh, you know, little just tits. tips, just a little tips. bit. Um, here's it's actually something that that you had brought up. I had forgotten about, and then you brought it up again, and I was just laughing at this whole thing. Um please okay uh, oh yeah you want so, to take it right. from here I'll,
0: you know what <clears throat> I'll just read what 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 happened this is about Sebastian yeah. Stan who yeah. plays Bucky <laughs> Winter Soldier in the Avengers uh, and also in Captain America uh the, f- the first two Captain Americas um he was asked about something that Zack Snyder said Zack Snyder obviously uh, directing the Batman vs. Superman movie he also directed mm-hmm. the Superman movie and uh, Man directed, of Steel right uh, Man of Steel and Watchmen right yeah, Watchmen. Mm-hmm. And other things. I think th- – did he do 300?
1: Uh, he did do 300. Okay. He also did Sucker Punch.
0: Right. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, he did some other stuff.
0: So um, Zack Snyder was asked about Batman, I guess, versus Superman, and his quote was – and I'll just read it. Uh, I feel like mm-hmm. Batman and Superman are transcendent of superhero movies in a way because they're Batman and Superman. They're not just like the flavor of the week Ant-Man. Not to be mean, but whatever it is. What is the next blank man? So maybe I didn't read that in the right cadence, but uh, basically he was kind of making fun of Ant-Man, and I think taking a dig also at... Uh, I think so. At, at, well, definitely Ant-Man, but also just kind of Marvel maybe, uh, maybe having too many superheroes. You know, he seems to be making a case for Batman and Superman uh, kind of being the cream of the crop. Uh, right. as far as superheroes, right. which I think you could definitely make that argument and not and come across like a like a, like an asshole, but he kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, He's Zack Snyder, so... Right, uh, which is funny because he did Watchmen, which is like a ton of characters, right, which are like not that well-known because they're just from that one right. series. But yep. uh, anyway, um, I guess somehow this got to Sebastian Stan, and he responded... Um, well, actually, I think in the interview, like he was saying like, you know... I'm sitting here thinking, like, should I respond to Zack Snyder? And, like, I don't know, he made some comment. Um, And I guess they kept talking. And eventually he finally says something. um, And he says, uh, talking about the Russos who are coming in and making the Avengers, uh, the new, or, I'm sorry, Civil War. And are they also doing the Avengers? Yeah, Yeah. Civil
1: War and the Infinity
0: War. That's right. Uh, And he says, they're not trying to mimic a better Christopher Nolan movie or something like that. So that was his dig at Zack Snyder, which was pretty badass, I gotta say. Oh, uh, that's a good
1: dig, man. That's a, like, he's gonna need some some ice some or whatever ointment. for that burn.
0: Yeah. Some ointment for that burn. Um, uh. I, I Yeah, I, I love that. And like, I, I mean, I know we, we kind of shit on, on DC a lot. Um, and, but you know what? You gotta kind of call it how it is. And to me, this is just another example of Marvel kind of winning here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and like, You gotta kind of also love the fact that when these actors come into the Marvel universe, they almost seem like they're they just become like really loyal players. It's like a family. It's like a family, right? (laughs) Uh, I don't get that sense from DC, but you know, like the fact that he would take something like that personally when it wasn't even an attack. It was about
1: Ant Man. It was about (laughs) Ant Man. He He wasn't
0: even in that movie. Uh, Ant he technically was on the bumper, like like, right. um, But also, like I I think it's a strange thing for Zack Snyder to say. You know, a guy who's like. Now going to be working on his third superhero movie, comic book movie. Um, right. You know, if anything, you should be you should be happy that there's this many comic book movies out there.
1: Right. Exactly. That's that is the weird thing about it is that, and it's something that like you know I've said a couple of times before. I want everything to be good. I want everything to succeed, and that should be the mindset for Zack Snyder as well. And and honestly, I'm sure the head honchos at Warner Brothers and the head honchos at, at Marvel. They want all of these films to succeed. They don't want audiences getting tired of superheroes as a genre, and they don't want a bunch of shitty superhero films because the more shitty superhero films that come out, the more Fantastic Fours that come out, the more that the general public is like, fuck, I'm tired of this. Right, right. And and then everybody gets brought down. So, you know, there's room for everything. It's kind of weird that Snyder did that. Um and then the other thing is he's not he's not jabbing from a position of power. Like Marvel has established themselves, they are definitely you know the kingpin right now of superhero films. Uh, they're definitely in a place of of priority and strength. And DC's and Warner Brothers, they're they're trying to get there. They're trying to get where Marvel is. So to jab out at them is kind of weird. It is to me. weird. Yeah, I don't really get it. I don't know where it's coming from, but. And Ant Man's great. Ant Man was a really fun film. Like, I'm not saying it was like, you know, an Oscar film or anything, but it was it was entertaining. It was a good use of time. Like to watch it, it was fun.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really get the argument of like, okay, if if you're not like one of the top superhero characters, somehow you you can't have a movie made after you. I don't know. It seems weird, especially in a day and age where like all we get is just reboots of stuff. To me, it's, yeah. like, if anything, that was one of the more refreshing movies was, like, this is a completely different Definitely. story that we really haven't heard or seen before. Definitely. And
1: I would also argue that the degree of difficulty on taking an unknown property, a la Guardians of the Galaxy, a la Ant-Man, right, and making something great out of it is more difficult than doing something with a really established character, like a
0: Spider-Man, like a Batman or a Superman. I don't know. I, th- I think I would actually argue the opposite way. I think if I had because to you choose... you feel
1: like they're constrained. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. Okay. I, I get that I think argument too. There's definitely too. more freedom in, in in starting starting off fresh with the character. Um, but I
1: think getting that buzz, like getting getting people to care, well, that's true. I mean, if you're just talking about harder. box
0: office, yeah, it's definitely yeah. easier to make money off of an established character. But to make a good movie, um, I don't know. I think it's that's a little true. Bit
1: harder. I... Okay, that's what I, I guess I need to be more specific. Yeah, I was I was talking about like box office, like getting getting the sure, butts in the right. seats. But that's why, and this is just a small tangent. I don't know if you know this. We haven't we we don't really talk about it on this podcast. But there's an angry Angry Birds movie coming out,
0: and <laughs> of there's there there's a Pez movie coming out. Yeah, Pez the, way, the candy. I live very close to the Pez museum, which I have not gone to yet. It's in uh, there's a Pez museum. A Pez I didn't museum. Even know that was the thing. Uh, I'm gonna go someday and yes. uh, i'll take photos and report report back but um awesome yeah i'm excited i, <laughs> I, I can't imagine thing. how that's going to be a movie though i would
1: go to that i mean if i were there i would go to that too but like right. i don't know does there need to be a movie but that's the thing that's how hollywood thinks if it's a if it's a known property if it's something that people
0: know exists that's half of your marketing right there in, in a way i think the success of the lego movie was probably the worst thing that could have happened like as great mm. as that movie was ah. and how much as much as i loved it I think all the studio yeah. execs are like, "Well, we can make movies out of fucking anything now." Yeah, Battleship.
1: Yeah, jeez, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, man. And you know, some people like to end on a really big note, on a big bang, like on a super, <laughs> <laughs> like on a super awesome story or note. I don't think we're gonna do that this week, yeah. uh, but we do have one <laughs> final thing uh, that I know is on your mind and is on mine as well. They released the images for the Red Tornado uh, for the Supergirl TV show that's going to be on CBS. And, uh, also known your as
0: T.O. Morrow, which we did bring up T. O. Morrow. Uh, on a yep. previous show. Dr. T.O. Morrow. Corner. Yep, Dr. Uh, T.O. Morrow. Yeah, try to figure out what that means. Um, mm-hmm. The actors, Ido Goldberg, he's, from, he's been Goldberg. in Salem and Peaky Blinders. They released a Still photo I don't know what him. that is. I think yep. trying to show off what they thought was a, Great looking villain, and it just—it just looks like a mistake. Or hero, I think he's—is he a hero? I well, think that he's makes the hero. No I think I think he sense. might do both, but it, anyway, it just looks like a mistake. It—I mean, I—I <laughs> I, I don't know if I read this somewhere, if I just came up with it. I don't think it was mine, but I started calling him Red Tomato because he—I mean, he that is the color they're going for. It's totally tomato oh, yeah. red. his face is like tomato red. He's got this suit that's like made out of fabric. It seems like. Yeah, which doesn't really fit him well. It looks like a dry cleaner like disaster happened. <laughs>
1: yeah. So when I saw this image, what I thought, first of all, was that this is vision-adjace, like vision from Age it's of Ultron. Totally, yeah, they're trying to do vision, exactly. <clears throat> and, and the way I thought of it is, like, you remember back in the day when we used to have VCRs and VHS tapes, and you might, like, record, like, I don't know, like a Smashing Pumpkins concert or a Nirvana concert, On MTV and you're like, I'm going to record this. I need to make sure I record it because they didn't have TiVo and they didn't have, you know, YouTube and shit back then. So you had to record it on VHS and then your friend was like, oh, oh, I want a copy that I didn't get to see it. Can I borrow your VHS tape and make a copy? which you had to use, like, two VCRs, a big pain in the ass, whatever. So, yeah, you could, and your friend would make a copy. That copy of your copy was worse. Like, that's just how VHS worked. Like, the more copies you made of a copy of a copy, it just gradually got worse and worse and worse in terms of quality. The, so, Red Tomato is the
0: VHS copy of Vision. A uh, Vision. That's a really good me. way of putting it. Yeah, it's like, it's like Vision if you, like, threw them in, like a like a, <laughs> wa- like, a dryer for, like, three hours...
1: <laughs> yeah and you didn't cl- clean out the lint trap thing. yeah like, exactly it just, fu- it just messed him up yeah so i don't know we'll throw a picture up for the uh on the pod thread when we get it up there and you guys can see for yourself and i'm happy to hear any
0: and all snarky comments about the red tomato <laughs> it just um, seems really that like they would like promote this photo because like when you look at the suit it's the kind of thing where like if you had shot him in a different light it might have looked okay but it's like bright fucking. It's like the sun is like shining on <laughs> the sky. So it's you like a ten thousand lumens. You see every bulb little detail, on him. Mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like a weird, a weird
1: choice to, to it present might, that way. It, it might look better on the show. I'm sure you know, it once will, it's, it's I, it has to right, but like it's just such a weird image to start with. You know, I and I said we were going to end on that, but actually I just <laughs> looked at our ledger here, and I forgot that we actually have. Something that a few of our listeners had brought up that I did not talk about last week when we
0: talked about the Alamo City Comic Con. Oh, that's right. We had on... a couple of deep cuts, which we wanted to get into. I'm going to do one of All them, right, and one. we'll save the, we'll we'll save save the other, other one for next week. We're going we're yeah. to stretch out the Alamo this, City Comic Con This Comic-Con is going to be the Jaden okay. Smith uh, <laughs> Honorary Award. Well, you know what? We'll tease it for next week. It's a Mickey Rourke story that you're not going to want to miss. It's really funny, uh, and it's <laughs> one of those stories that is going to be funny no matter when you tell it. So we'll, we'll have that one for next week
1: yeah but to end on this so one thing that happened when I was at Alma City Comic Con was on that Sunday which was the last day at 1pm there was going to be a panel called Villains of Arrow okay and they had the guy who played Raza al Ghul and the guy who played Deathstroke there at the convention to speak on a panel right uh, I was really looking forward to it. it was the only panel I was really really wanting to see on that particular Sunday we're in line I'm actually in line with my mom she's really excited she loves arrow and we're in line and we're about 10 minutes away from it starting about they're about to let us in all of a sudden all the volunteers start shouting okay everyone get out you got it has been canceled you got to get out because we're like in a lobby we got you got to move out of the lobby you got to go back out to the convention floor sorry about it sorry about it but it has been canceled and everyone's just like, ah, damn. Like, this happens. Like, if you've ever been to conventions, panels get canceled all the time. It's, it happens, unfortunately. But we're just like, ah, whatever. And then everyone's like, you know, I wonder what happened. <laughs> so later that day, later that evening, we come to find out <laughs> that actor Manu Bennett, who played Deathstroke, was in jail. <laughs> and that's why he couldn't make the panel. So what had happened was he went to an after party that Saturday night slash Sunday morning, right? And it was at the at a hotel there downtown in San Antonio, in a couple of uh, rooms like a, a, a adjacent rooms or whatever connecting rooms, and he had gotten kind of liquored up, and. At one point, he started getting really aggressive and just kind of, you know, being an aggressive drunk person, which happens, unfortunately. And he started kind of wanting to fight people. He's very argumentative. He got a chair and sat in the middle of the room and was staring people down. (laughs) Oh, my God. At one point, and this is the one thing I'm not really sure on because the way they report it is somebody. So Bennett goes to, to Pete to everyone. You know, who wants to start something? Anybody want to start something? I'm ready, essentially. Wow. Right? And one of the people there, who I imagine was also drunk, replied, what? Eh. Now, he might have said it, like, really snarky, sarcastically. Or he might have just said it, like, really confused. Right. I'm not really sure. You know, there hasn't really been a lot of clarification on that. But so this guy says what? Manu Benny gets up. Punches him in the face, <laughs> and then tr- How leaves dare the party you. or tries to leave the party. Yeah, and so they end up arresting him. They hold him overnight. Uh, they hold him in the morning, and he actually ends up getting released a little bit after one o'clock. Um, but I think at that point he didn't go back to the convention center, <laughs> and so that's why that panel got got uh, canceled. It was actually on Yahoo.com News. It was all over Twitter. It's a really big story. I don't
0: know how I forgot to tell it. That's um, amazing, dude. Thank you for but, sharing that. Yeah, I don't know how that did not yeah. make it on your list, but I guess we were doing, <laughs> you know, we were really getting your, like, first-person account of this. Which, right. Now you which get, is not you can on the news, them. and you can only get that here on Comic Characters. True, um, true. So, you know, I'm glad we spent the time listening to your story, but, yeah, dude, that's that's amazing. And <laughs> I really can't wait for our listeners to hear the uh the Mickey Rolls. That, that's oh, really
1: good. So good. It's
0: gonna just a little teaser. It is gonna
1: involve me having to try to do uh like accents. So Oh and that
0: that's always good. So always terrible. So.
1: <laughs> Alright, man. Well I think uh, you know, it's been a journey. It's been a fantastic journey that you and I have it's been, been on. But journey. unfortunately yeah. as, as things do happen, it looks like it's coming
0: to a close. Any final thoughts? Um, not really man uh, just ready for the next week um, really excited to hear you're making Rourke's story again because it was hilarious and um, you know we, we do need to also get back uh, to some Secret Wars talk because uh, mm. you need to catch mm-hmm. up and, uh, I'm going to be reading those today that stuff is uh, starting to heat up we don't know when it's going to end because they're, they're just going to keep having <laughs> issues they keep moving it. But, yep. uh, but you know that's something maybe we can tackle next week um, but you know until then the Fortress of Solitude is closed. Oh, oh the what? fuck! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to try that again. Rewind. <laughs> Until then, The Fortress of Potitude is closed. <laughs> God. Stay super, everyone. Later, guys.